It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Hello, welcome to the Metaphysical Mastery Podcast. This is a mother and daughter podcast, and it is to explore metaphysical, esoteric uh, concepts. Today, we are going to be talking about shadow work, but first, let me introduce myself. My name is Kate Nelligan. I'm the daughter portion, and I am an equine-partnered life and business coach, healer, and animal communicator, and this is one of my favorite topics, and I'm excited to introduce you to my mom, Peggy Nelligan. Go ahead and say hi and introduce yourself, Mom. Hi, everyone. Um, Yeah, I... I was the former director of the Metaphysical Center of New Jersey, and um, now I'm just on their advisory board. And we have been doing programs um, since 1956 that deal with these topics um, in metaphysics and parapsychology. Yeah, and so today we picked shadow work because, first of all, it's like one of my favorite things to talk about and work with as a coach. Uh, and in my own personal growth journey, I also find it so fascinating. There's so much more I want to know about it. So I'm so glad you put together like a document here that I'm reviewing and that will um, give you an option to have access to at some point to the listeners as well in the audience. Um, but it goes through a little bit of background about what the shadow is and how we can work with it. And the reason we pick now, it's not surprising. It's October. It's Halloween spooky month. Uh, usually they say the start of Scorpio season is often when we do shadow work, but I had an astrologer share that we're actually doing it earlier this year, that it's in Libra this year to be doing some shadow work. And obviously there's a lot of shadow that's getting exposed in war consciousness that's happening on our planet, unfortunately, right now as well. So it's a it's the right time to be talking about this, but I, as always, like to talk about things with some lightness, so you'll probably hear me share some of my stories around this too. So, Mom, why don't you go ahead and start us off with, like, the great definitions you always come up with, but, like, how would you define the shadow and, like, what's some of the background to it as well? Yeah, thanks, Kate. Um, Well, you know, it was so interesting because I always try to do the research so we can have a handout for our listeners at some point um, available on the Metaphysical Center org website. And when I was looking up definitions, I thought, you know, the physical definition that is out there, shadow is a dark area where light is being blocked by something. And it really, even though that's the physical definition, and we're talking more of a psychological definition, it really, if we think of the shadow, the darkness, which is, it can be thought of as darkness, it's really an area of no awareness. And the light could be thought of as an area of awareness. That's simply, you know, of what it is. When you talk at the psychological definition, this is a generic term for a person's unconscious aspect of their personality. And what happens is, is our personality, our ego image, has a certain ideal. And if something doesn't match that ideal, we call it the shadow. And that, that's the simple definition of what these these words are. But the bottom line, it's really just a part of 
human duality. We're, we live here on earth. We live in a uh, realm of duality. That's because we're both human beings and divine beings. And so everything has its opposite, you know, up and down, good and bad, light and dark. So we have an ego personality, and we also have a, a spiritual or energetic component. You know, some religions and traditions call it the soul or the higher self. But what is going on here is that the shadow part is really in our ego personality part. And it, that's the part of the duality that experiences this. Our, our spiritual or energetic part really doesn't acknowledge this at all because it doesn't acknowledge the duality. It only lives in the here and the now, and it's only in um, the one oneness of everything. So, did I did I explain that, Kate? <laughs> yeah, and I love it as like it can be traits about ourselves that we that may embarrass us or may trigger us so we hide them um i saw someone else describe it as uncomfortable truths that we hide from um but ultimately we can face and overcome them which we'll talk about that too but i i always feel like you know when i first learned about shadow work i was like oh like and that is how a lot of people's reactions are they get kind of uncomfortable just thinking about it, not wanting to deal with it, not understanding it, not knowing what it is. So the goal today was really to like educate and shine light on what it even is if people have heard it in the personal growth world, but they haven't done much with it um, or they don't even know where to go or where to start. But I find that like my first reaction to it was that kind of resistance. And now like I saw a, like a mug the other day or something and it said hello darkness my old friend and I'm like oh yeah that's so me now like I you know I love being up at night I love you know Halloween I love all of like the you know like that paranormal paranormal is my entry into metaphysics right when I was younger mm -hmm. because I was mm -hmm. never interested in religion and I was an atheist but I always thought like ghosts or all of the paranormal stuff was very interesting and like because I I don't know there's a part of me that's always felt like the key to really I guess soul's growth is understanding the unconscious and being with it and like that's the shadow right so mm -hmm. that's right yeah an expression I heard or I read you they said the shadow is kind of like the blind spot that's all it is it's an emotional blind spot that we have and it could be, as you said, it could be we are deliberately ignoring it or we, you know, may have repressed it. We don't even know that we've, we've hidden it. We're keeping or we're very aware that we don't like this aspect of it, but it shows up every once in a while. It rears its little head. And um, so we, we do have to deal with it at some point. Yeah, for me, I, for some reason, I've had an easier time doing shadow work than even doing inner child work, which, you know, is interesting because the shadow and the inner child can be connected to. But, um, mm -hmm. yeah, because essentially, like Carl Jung said, the persona is the social face that we present to the world, which I think of as like, that's Facebook, right? That's social media. <laughs> um, and the shadow is that hidden part. So, um, yeah, I mean, people keep things hidden for a reason right it usually is some form of shame or guilt um or fear or simply just not feeling safe a lot of things come down to that um mm -hmm. and so that's why but i found over the years and it really kick-started in you know you and i both got our masters in spiritual psychology and it kick-started for me then when i everyone was talking about the shadow constantly right and or the trauma they've been through which is 
connected to the shadow. And so it was like, oh, like we have permission to actually talk about this. And then it became where there was something about my empathic ability and nature that people would just like come up and start telling me things often about like their shadows or like there's a lot of things I know about people's trauma and histories and histories that no one else knows you know, or maybe one or two other people know. And it's not just now, obviously, as my role as a coach that I know that, but it's kind of been like that for a while. And I think part of it's because I can hold the shadow with a lot of, like, neutrality and even just appreciation for, like, why it's there and what it does for us. So, as you said, it's partly because you've done a lot of the work on your own, and I think that's very obvious when you're able to – you know, when you've been through something, sometimes if you've been through a disease, you know what it's like for the other person then when they're going through it. So you've done so much of that work, and I think that's probably why you are a good coach because you understand it when people talk about it, and it's not something that you shame anybody for or there's no reason to that. You know, you just simply acknowledge it. And as you say, hold it with neutrality. That's great. Well, I know that we all have it too, right? It's not like I'm unique. It's just, and there's Mm -hmm. different things in each of our shadows that we have, which I always find so interesting. It makes, like, I attract a lot of perfectionists, and I'm just like, "Mm, yeah, like, okay, well, what's in your shadow? Because perfectionism is now boring to me, right? I used to think it was, like, what we all aspired to. But now I'm just like, I know there's a whole lot of stuff under there that we're not being seen, right? People just want to be seen as perfect, and mostly that's so that we can feel loved, accepted, and enough. But it's like there's when we like that saying from our master's program really hit home for me the most was perfect vulnerability is perfect protection, right? So as we're willing to be vulnerable about the stuff in there, you know, in mine recently, I mean, the shadow work that I had to do recently and I'm still in it, it's like, you know, so much grief and loss this year and like just death and like talking about death and loss and like sometimes I'm just like I just can't I can't handle it anymore like it's been too much Mm -hmm. like but it's you know and I'll I'll like kind of push it away and then I'm like oh yeah there's my shadow like what part of me is not accepting death is like it's a part of life right but Mm -hmm. I'll push it away or I'll have fear of it or I won't want to deal with it and sometimes it's also like I'm still in my grieving process for you know my friend who passed that long ago and then I don't need to like add a lot more to that, right? I still need to give myself space to grieve. But that's a piece of just knowing ourselves too and knowing like what our shadow needs. So before I jump too far, let's talk a little bit about what is in the shadow. What do we need to know? Like why do we need to know about what's in the shadow? Mm. Yeah, I think it's important that – if you don't deal with the things that are hiding, um, it's going to show up in some either for yourself or it's going to show up in your relationships or interrelationships with other people. It, that's just what happens because you don't even know that that it's and and it it could be a fear, it could be anxiety, you know, something like that. You fear a lack of friendship. And so if somebody says something about friendship, you know, you look around and say, not you, but a person would look around and say, I don't have as many friends as so-and-so. I I wonder what's the matter with me. And that's not it, but it's the little shadow showing up. Somewhere there's a fear about friendship. And so fear and anxiety are one big area where shadows show up for us. Um, And if you look back at your life anytime, anybody, and try and think, what are some of the things that still come to you about with fear um, because that is probably where you've got an aspect of yourself that, that is 
stuck in the shadow. Um, negative emotions are another one where, um, and it can be all levels of the emotion. So take, for example, anger. Um, anger is okay, but maybe somewhere along the line you got angry, maybe when you were little and you, you know, lashed out, said something, and some parents said, no, 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 that, that's not right. You're not allowed to do that. And so, oh, okay. So you keep it inside then. And what happens when you, when you stuff things and keep them down? They bubble up at some point. You're going to get them. Um, and that's where the shame and the guilt and bitterness, you know, playing a victim type of thing shows up for you. So negative emotions are, are another area where, where um, shadows can show up. I've got more. Do you want me to suggest a couple others? Yeah, that one makes me think of, like, the positive intelligence program I did, which was all around the self-saboteurs and, like, knowing our self-saboteurs. And, like, one of them is, like, the victim as a, is a self-saboteur where it's always a story of, like, you know, something's wrong. It shouldn't be this way. Why do I have to go through this, you know? And... And then there's also, like, the perfectionist in the shadow or the overdoer, you know, and all of the self-sabotaging behavior is very connected to to our um, to our shadow. Mm. You know, that reminds me, Kate, of um, at USM, Ron and Mary, right in the very beginning, it might have even been the first day of the first class, and the question they asked all of us was, um, if you could rule the world, what, what would you say or what would you do? And I remember thinking, I would do this and I would do that. <laughs> and that's exactly, those are the kinds of things that show up um, that I'm holding on to. Because if I could change it, I would make sure that I would change this. And it's so interesting how often that still shows up in my life, you know, when, you know, I don't like something that's happening. I just had a car problem and, I, you know, if they did it differently and on and on and on. Um, so, yeah, that, that piece shows up a little bit. That's the can judger, be but like we that. all have yeah. the judger. According to that yep. program, we all have the judger as the self-saboteur, every single one of mm-hmm. us. And that is the biggest, to me, part of the shadow is the judgment, right? It's like yeah. this is right or this is wrong or this should be this way. So throw out the word should, throw out the word have tos. And I even <laughs> told a, a perfectionist the other day, throw out the word need to. Like, it gets, you know, we get to say I get to or I want to. But, yeah, ultimately, I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, defining an ideal state. Like, if you could rule the world, what would be your ideal state? Like, that is how we vision, and that is how we create utopia and heaven on earth and all that kind of stuff is we can vision ideal states, but we just can't make the opposite wrong or bad or negative because then, you know, we go into resistance, and resistance is another piece of the shadow, right? Exactly. That's right. If we don't like it, we're we're not only going to judge it, we're going to do our best to fight against it. And, you know, you said that right in the beginning, that's part of the, you know, we don't just have a shadow, by the way, and an individual. Um, there's there's a collective shadow as well. And right now, that's part of what's going on uh, with the wars that are on the planet. Um, because there is a collective shadow of judging the other side as wrong and um what what you think the right thing should be. So in yeah. order to balance that, you want to fight it in some way. So that that can happen both individually and on a larger scale as well. One of my favorite questions that I like still have a hard time with, but I love asking it because asking questions creates change. It's from Access Consciousness, and it goes, what's right about this? You know, and it's, it's, it's like if we really get stuck in our position or point of view, 
it can stick us, you know, and whether it's like, this is the best thing ever and we get stuck in that point of view or we get stuck in this is the worst thing ever and we get stuck there. It's like, but if there's something going on, like what's right about this, like I was just talking about my car accident for Maple and like April and it's like, okay, what could possibly be right about this? Like what, what's the bigger picture here? What's the spiritual perspective of this where, yeah, I felt wrong and icky and like, you know, all the things. And at the same time, like what is, what good has come from this? What, you know, looking for those pieces as well to kind of balance it out too. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I think that's what, honestly, I think like what the shadow usually needs in my opinion is to feel seen, heard, and then to have it balanced. It doesn't necessarily ever fully go away. I don't think, but it, can lighten and it can be integrated we'll get there but what else tell me because there's also other pieces inside of the shadow that we should talk about well one of the things i mean we all have self-esteem some some form of self-esteem self-worth and again if your self-esteem is pretty low you maybe find yourself um doing a lot of the negative self-talk I'm stupid, I shouldn't do that, how come, why, you know, why do I, I can't believe you, blah, 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 blah. Um, that's the one side of it. The other side of it is somebody, and we all know people who are, you can go as low as being just boastful, they make sure that the world knows about them, or it's even as far as being narcissistic, where they only see things from their perspective and point of view. Their self-esteem is so great, they can't even that there's another point of view for something like that. Those are shadows, even though, you know, one is they're the opposite of each other, but those are also another form of shadow. And then my favorite, which is projections, which is usually when a mm. narcissist actually calls someone else a narcissist, a narcissist. which is like, because real truth, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, anyways, and they often call <laughs> empaths narcissists, which is fascinating. So talk about projections and how that's a part of the shadow. Yeah, I, I was pretty fascinated to, to be working with this idea of the projections, because, uh, again, I remember at USM, when we talked a lot about this, this is a very common psychological defense mechanism that people attribute to other people what is going on in their own mind. So we displace our own undesirable feelings or thoughts or fears, whatever it would be, and put them onto somebody else. And we notice them in them, but we don't really necessarily notice it going on for us. So, for example, if somebody is very self-critical, um, they may not even notice that they're that self-critical or call it that, but they'll notice it in other people. And so they will then think the other people are being critical of them because they're noticing it in the other people. And it's it's just this, that's how the projection works, you know, that we can kind of, um, what's in our mind, we then project or send out and put on another person. Um, and I find that fascinating that that's a very common it's a very common psychological defense mechanism, but it isn't only related to the shadow, but, but that's where it, it certainly finds its home. Yeah. And a lot of what it is, is it's like when things get really uncomfortable, our nervous system goes into fight, flight, or freeze or fawn. And, you know, so it will do stuff to to get people to like us if we're uncomfortable, right? And it so it won't show right, it won't show the shadow side, or it will freeze it, it will push it, you know, push it away and not allow it to be there. And then, um, you know, and then the fight can come in through projection, like calling other people stuff that you have yet to own about yourself, right? Like, 
I have always mm-hmm. loved that image of if you point one finger, you have three fingers pointing back at you. And so it, to me, it's like, if you ever really want to call someone something, you get to really look at a, why you feel the need to do that, you know, and like, can you work with your own anger and then underneath anger is hurt. And what are you really hurt about? And can you express that? Like I feel hurt versus calling names, which is, and then often like the names that we call, like, yeah, maybe there's some truth in that about the other person, but really it's usually about yourself. If you're not doing the inner work, really deep inner work to know yourself. Like I know if I was to ever say something about someone that I've already looked at, is this in me? What level of this is mine? What level, you know, looked at personal responsibility pieces because ultimately that's really one of the biggest pieces of shadow work is that we take personal responsibility for having a shadow and then Mm -hmm. for doing something with it. So we don't like, we don't dump it on others and we don't use it, you know, in the fight, flight or freeze situation. And like to sit with the uncomfortableness is a way of working with it. But yeah, it's, it's important. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. What is shadow hugging? I have never seen this. You wrote about this and I'm like, I've never seen that before. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I, I, I found that that's the first time I had ever really heard of that concept of the golden shadow. Um, again, it goes back to USM. We really learned so much in that course, but the idea is that not only do we project onto other people, the things that we don't like, uh, we see that, we project our own onto them. But very often, think of yourself, people who you admire, Not and it's not just admire, but almost, you know, you look up to them so much, and it's almost like they can do no wrong. And the reality is we can get to a point of even hero worship, and we don't understand that what we're really doing is, is we are projecting our own quality onto them. If we didn't, I remember hearing that at one point, um, if we we recognize the trait in somebody else, it must already exist within us. And so if you're feeling, you know, very positive about somebody else, look to yourself and see, where does this exist in me? It's not that it doesn't exist in the other person, but where does it also exist in you? And I think that's what the idea is. So, so yeah, hero worship and shadow hugging is where we hold on to that shadow and, you know, just see it in other people, but never see it in ourselves. So, I've heard hero worship, but I had not heard shadow hugging, and I I think that's hilarious. And I also <laughs> feel like, yeah, if you spot it, you got it. And it's funny because USM, where we got our our masters in spiritual psychology, for those that don't know USM and Ron and Mary are the teachers, we did have projection worksheets where we had to fill out against like who do you think is the coolest person on the planet, write down all the qualities about them. And then, like, can you see them in yourself? And same thing with, like, the the person that makes you super uncomfortable. And it's funny because I always do – I didn't realize that I was doing, like, shadow hugging with people. But, like, when they come work with horses, they're always like, that horse is so beautiful. That horse is so majestic. That horse is so powerful. She's so sweet. She's so kind. And my thing is, can you say – I always say it to usually women, can you say that about – yourself and they blush or they get insecure and it goes to the shadow part of the self-esteem where they're like oh I you know I'm less than or I can't I don't see that in myself or I can't women are often told we can't be boastful right we can't and I'm like hey we should all be bragging about how awesome we are because we work hard for 
you know, the stuff that we achieve, right? So let's share it. That's that's my whole thing. It's exciting to celebrate wins. We see a lot of other stuff. We might as well celebrate our wins, you know. But mm-hmm. ultimately, I see it with the horses where people project on them all the time, positively project. Um, also, when I started working with addicts in recovery, they started to project the negative stuff. Well, that horse doesn't like me if horse didn't say hello to them when they went out to say hello to them. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, so we got the stories illuminated very quickly. That's one of the things, like, the horses are so clear about showing us where things are incongruent and showing us faced. So, like, I have done more shadow work with my horses than anywhere, any place else on the planet because I literally can't walk up to them and be like, I'm good, and then be, like, angry about something because they're, like, immediately they'll do something that makes me angry. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm really feeling angry today. You're right. I'm sorry. I own it. I've got it. Like, okay, let me just use the anger. Let me transmute it. Let me compost it into the earth or into the sky, right? Like, but we we have to process, like, with them, I find the shadow so significantly. But, um, yeah, that's why I created the card deck, too, because it's 40 emotional qualities that are things that people do need to like really own about themselves in that kind of emotional intelligence, self-confidence, self-esteem place where it's like, yeah, you do have, you are, you can be trusting, you do have trust, right? Or you do have kindness, you do. So I wanted people to really, and the horses wanted people to really own these qualities about themselves because I do think sometimes one of the things in the shadow that we don't always talk about is just like that lack of self-esteem or self-worth is there. And that enoughness I think is the core wound that a lot of we, a lot of us face as human beings. Right. That's true. Very much so. So how do I started talking about how the horses work with the shadow? How else can we start to work with the shadow? What are some things that you've seen? Um, well, I think one of the most important things is to really understand um, that what we're trying to do is integrate the shadow. The, the shadow part, of the, the aspects of us that we don't like or fear or whatever, they want to be part of our whole personality. Remember, we're, we're two, two things. We're human and divine. And so we really want to have a whole personality, not uh, fragmented or or flaked off and just, just, you know, disarray. We really want to try and have a shadow that, have have a personality that is whole, that is integrated, that is authentic. And in order to do that, there are really some things that you can do to try. Um, one of the activities, again, I keep, we keep referring back to, uh, you know, USM the whole time, but there's a, a process called gestalt, gestalt, where what you do is you face you spot you find the shadow you find when it shows up and then you face it you talk to it and then you become it and the the simple technique is just think of whatever it is anger fear resentment and you literally if whatever came up for you see it imagine in your mind sitting down in a chair opposite you you don't know what it looks like but it's anger it's called anger and sitting there it may actually show up as a thing but it may just be energetic. And whatever it is, you dialogue with it. You talk to it. Ask it questions. Why? Why are you doing this? How come, you know, whatever whatever is the, the issue was that brought it up, um, what is it that you're doing? So this puts the anger outside of you. It's kind of like, you know, 
a third person. It's sort of out there. And what you want to try and do is figure out what triggered that anger in the first place. Then what you do is you talk to it. And you actually go through and ask it questions. You know, why did you come out of nowhere? It just seemed that you popped up. What? And see what anger has to say to you. It actually responds. And I, we've done this enough so that I know that this is real. You actually will hear in your head actual words, ideas, thoughts will come to you what the anger is trying to say to you. And then you get to a point where you actually switch places. You can literally, if you're doing it for real, you get up and sit in the other chair, and then um, you become the anger. You actually, it's no longer outside of you, but you start to reown the quality and you take back that anger, um, even though it seems like it's a negative quality. But this helps you sometimes to develop maybe an early memory, because very often these things show up, these shadows show up somewhere between birth and seven. That's a very, very vulnerable time of our lives. Um, we, we've talked about that before in another podcast where, you know, we're at we're at the uh, alpha level very, or even beta, or I mean not beta, but theta level. And we will actually take things on into our subconscious. We're not even aware of that. So if we can tap into that at this point, that's one way that we can bring it up to the light and then, integrate it and be part of a whole personality. Did you yeah, have an experience with Gestalt? Yeah. I mean, I love Gestalt. <laughs> I could go <laughs> on and on about Gestalt. I mean, we. It, I will say that it is easier sometimes to do with a practitioner that knows how to, you know, help you move in and out of things so you don't, you know, it, the disclaimer I'll put on Gestalt is it can pull up stuff like you know you can become aware of things and memories um that can be traumatic and so it has to be done with consciousness and with love and you know it is something that I personally let I like to do it with a practitioner um so a therapist or a coach that's had training in it it is um some of the equine you know coaching there's they focus on gestalt a lot our master's program certainly was one of the eight counseling strategies they taught us um get mostly when i'm dealing with the body and i, ha- I want to talk to the body like hey okay headache what information do you have for me and i don't need to do the whole chair thing because i work so quickly inside of my consciousness where i just talk to myself all the time anyways <laughs> so it's like i get that information really fast um just intuitively and being connected to things but yeah i mean my favorite like kind of easier entry into the shadow is what also we learned um in spiritual psych which is freeform writing um or you know some form of like automatic writing which is a little bit different but to light a candle or create like sacred container or ceremony space and uh, just take out a blank piece of paper and write, 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 write with the pen because your heart's connected to the your hand and just write out all your emotions. So, like, I just gave this um, exercise to someone. There's a lot of, a lot of car accident stuff, but I gave it to someone who's in a car accident and I'm just like, just write, like, through you accident, through you person who hit me and just write it all out, get all the emotion out, get the anger out, get the judgment out, get the frustration out, get the sadness out, get the, like... And then burn it or, you know, safely or shred it and release it. You don't read it over. It doesn't need to be perfect. I, to this, I used to, like, do really specific words 
now literally you can look at my foot from writing, it just like scribbles. Like I really just scratch the paper is what I do. And it moves the energy out of the body. It gives it a voice, which I think is sometimes what the shadow needs. The shadow doesn't need a voice in your intimate relationships where you're yelling at someone else. That is damaging to a relationship. But the shadow needs a voice with you and yourself or between you and yourself and God. And to be able to release it that way, um, it's so powerful. And then what you'll see often is you'll see a shift. You'll see, you'll come into like, I remember the first time I did this so powerfully, I did it with my brother and I was really angry and I was very triggered about something that happened. And I wrote until all of a sudden I just, my heart just burst open and I felt all this compassion and all this forgiveness and all this love. And then I was able to like, it was gone. Like it was just totally, the energy was gone. So I, I like the freeform writing process even better. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, I did it recently about something where I felt embarrassed and ashamed of something. <laughs> and I, there's my shadow laugh, by the way, we didn't talk about shadow laugh, but you heard yeah. me do it so perfectly. So shadow laugh is something where it's still a little uncomfortable and your way of your body and nervous system nervous system of dealing with it is going <laughs> like, or laughing it off. And so now I'm really aware when I'm coaching someone, if they do a shadow laugh or if I do one and then I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess I still have a tiny little bit there. Sometimes it's also just like, it's humorous to me now that I was like upset about that a couple of weeks ago. So it's also just, there's like lightness to it now. Like, but I think sometimes, you know, stuff still bugging us. One of the best ways to, is also just to sit with it. You mentioned meditation if you want to talk about that. But mm, that's another yeah. powerful thing. Yeah, there are, there are a lot of techniques that, you know, people can can look up. Um, TA or transactional analysis is, is an old-time way that you can do it, and that's to actually – um, look at the ego states of parent, adult, or child, and which one is operating when when you're talking. Um, that's good to know. So you can look up transactional analysis. You can also look up emotional alchemy, and that's a little bit of what you were just talking about, but it, it's more of a technique than the freeform writing that you were talking about. But what it does is it focuses on the message that the emotion is bringing forth, and that's what you want to do. And then And then you can push a pause button and just wait and see what that emotion, the message, the emotion is bringing up for you. And that then, you know, that part, what's that quote, Kate, with um, Viktor Frankl? Um, they talk about Oh, yeah, about between where, power, yeah, between stimulus and response, there's space in that space. I have the power to choose, which yep, is, and that's was the, in the worst shadow possible in the Holocaust when he realized that, what was happening was happening, but how he related to what was happening was really where the suffering was and that he could see suffering but didn't have to suffer himself and he could choose his response instead of react to it, you know, and um, it's what kept him alive is what he says in um, Man's Search for Meaning is his book. It's super cool and really Mm. intense to think about it right now on how it is. I can feel the collective energy of even that. So, yeah. yeah. But then a, a simple one that you don't need to know either of these um, uh, analysis and therapies to do is just sitting and meditating on the shadow. Um, you know, call upon your guides, your guardians, your guardian angels, and just go into an altered state. We've, we've talked about meditation. Most likely our listeners know a bit about that. And, and bring yourself to an altered level. Just count back from three to one. 
slowly deep breaths and you'll bring yourself into that state where then ask for help. If you form some kind of a judgment about another person or whatever, this will bring it up for you and you can look at it more objectively than being right in the moment when the emotion is occurring. Um, it's much, much easier to do that. Uh, you can also look at it from with another person. Very often um, people's behaviors we don't recognize it, that it's a shadow behavior. And so we respond to that behavior. But when you go in a meditative state and think about it, you can actually then look at that behavior and say, hmm, that isn't really what that person is like. That most likely was their shadow acting out at that point. And so instead of judging them, then you're able to actually look at them for who they really are. And that's the purpose of all of this anyway, is just to bring the shadow to light and then integrate it you know, both for yourself and other people. Yeah, and you're making me realize that there's so many different books and teachers that talk about the shadow, but without directly talking about the shadow, right? So, for instance, what you just described about seeing, like, I'll, I'll use my words, like, hurt people hurt people, right? Seeing that someone who's really hurting is someone who's lashing out and they're acting out of their shadow self, like, having compassion for them. I mean, there's stuff in Course in Miracles on that. Like if you really explored back for far enough in someone's life, you would see why they are the way they are, right? And you could have more compassion. You know, boundaries is a huge piece when we do shadow work um, that we learn to to find, you know, and so that we don't need to avoid things, but we can be present with things and then we can set the power response or the empowered response is to have set healthy boundaries. Um, but I'm also thinking about Byron Katie's work and loving what is and asking all the questions that she does and what she calls the work where you ask, is this really true, right? Is this really true about the person? Um, you know, there's, I do find sometimes bringing humor to the shadow helps too. I think that's why comics are so popular because comics literally are like giving you the voice of the shadow a lot of the time, which can be, you know, some pieces of prejudice or some pieces of judgment. And, you know, we laugh because at some point, like we may have experienced that. And it is a little bit at times, like a lot of comics, it's shadow laughter. Um, But at least I think if stuff can be brought into the light, it can be dealt with, whereas it's often stuffed in the three areas. I always say people have shadow stuff in and it's okay, like, just know that you're not alone is food and, um, well, food's one, money, sex, and oh, I guess those are the three. The three things that we need and talk about are, like, on a daily basis or in our life sometimes on a daily basis. Another would be religion, right, or God. I and say religion. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a big one, too. But it's these are things sometimes in our daily existence, and then we have to look at, you know, like, okay, you know, but when we start talking about it, it's healing because I think awareness itself is a piece of the healing process, and then we can go into forgiveness. But if we're not even willing to go somewhere, you know, like I recently had to clear a huge shadow past life. First one in all of my work on my past lives that I've had to do. All my other past lives stuff has happened to me. <laughs> I've been the quote unquote, we'll call it victim for a second. But then in this past life, I was a perpetrator. And it like talk about really having to clean up a shadow side of myself, like really big big stuff and um but i what the opposite the side of doing the shadow work is you get your power you become more powerful not from a place of like 
dictatorship or conquering. That's not power. From a place of love because you're integrated, you're whole, you feel enough, you feel like you can handle things, you can handle other people's darkness and not be so afraid, which means you can be in greater intimacy and vulnerability with them, right? So there's so much benefit, in my opinion, to doing the shadow work, even if it's super uncomfortable. And sometimes it can get like you have to do it with other people. Like this past life stuff, I had to do it with other people. I could not just do it on my own. And I didn't need to know all the details of it too, to be able to heal it, which is also really cool. And we don't, we don't always need to know all the details of our trauma to be able to heal it, which is so wonderful if you think about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think part of what you're saying is that we don't need to know everything there is behind it. We just need to have become aware of it. And that's what this is all about. If we can just, you know, find the quality that we want to look at and realize there's an opposite quality to it, whatever there is, because we live in this duality. You're going to have love, you're going to have hate, you're going to have joy, you're going to have sadness. When you find whatever the the shadow part is, you can look for the opposite, whatever that is. And that's when you focus to live your life then based on that opposite trait. That's why one of the reasons we have duality here is that we are here to learn the lesson of where the midpoint is. So I, I can remember Ron and Mary talking about you know, the soul line and the goal line, and you go off for a little while here, and then you go off for a little while there. And we do. We go back and forth. We don't, we don't stay on the straight and narrow all the time. And so if we are aware that we are off kilter, we bring ourselves back again either way. And I think that's the important point to just find where the balance point is as much as possible. Uh, so if you if you see... You know, you can do it, as you, you've said so clearly and, and well, with another person, uh, whether it's a coach or, a, you know, psychotherapist or someone along that line, um, or you want to work on it all by yourself. Either way, you want to try and find the balance point in your own life for wherever that shadow is bringing up for you. It sounds like you did with that experience that you had, too. You were able to kind of bring it all back. I mean, ultimately, sometimes we won't move forward in a direction we need to move forward to, right? We'll just, I'm going to use something broad, like me as a healer, if in the past I've misused healing abilities, right? So it's like, it's one of those things where how do we, you know, or spiritual gifts, right? So how do we work with, I need to move forward into my calling, into my purpose more, I'm ready to up level, but, oh, there's this thing kind of holding me back, and it's usually the shadow. And so it's important that we can deal with it and integrate it. And I also love Matt Kahn's work because he says love what is and um, or love what, love what arises, I think is his book. And mm-hmm. his whole thing is just sit with your fear. Like go and sit with your fear and say, oh, I see you. Oh, you're afraid of that? Okay, I hear you. Yeah, that that makes sense. You'd be afraid of that. Like, talk to it the way you would a loving child and be with it. And, like, okay, I see your guilt on that. Okay, I see your shame on that. And, like, be with that, love it, 
often that's all it needs and then it's like okay bye like it doesn't you know it, it's and we don't loop it we don't stay in it I mean I certainly love the emotion code work I got trained in this year because I've been doing a lot lately and it is all of the we'll call negative emotions and there's so many more than I even knew were possible um like there's one forlorn that keeps coming up for a lot of people and it's like longing paired with sadness but it's also like a loneliness it's an interesting complex emotion that gets trapped and so, you know, hopelessness is another one that's coming up a lot or helplessness um, or failure. And so we can just work in releasing these things, too, through different modalities. So I love emotion code and access consciousness to also release trapped emotions because we don't have to keep this stuff if we don't want to. Once we're ready to let it, you know, at some point we decided we tra- it got trapped whether we, you know, we don't usually even consciously decide to trap something, but it gets trapped. And they describe, Dr. Bradley Nelson describes how that happens, and then we can release it, right? So I'm so grateful I have all these clearing techniques because I run clearings on myself and other people and animals pretty much every single day now. So, um, yeah, it's some it's some cool mm-hmm. stuff to be able to, like, do this work. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad you wanted to pick this topic, Kate, because I do think it's something that a lot of people, they may not have even heard that word used that way, shadow. I mean, you know, I really wasn't that familiar with it until we <clears throat> had to explore it, you know, in the master's program. But but I think it's a very, very important thing that people are aware of. So I'm so glad you decided, you know, to choose that topic and we would work on it. Yeah, and ultimately, you know, people can start with looking at what are you maybe avoiding? What do you, you know, what are you really, I heard something really interesting the other day about mapping procrastination to depression, which I'm like so fascinated by now. But there's like, what are we not addressing? What are we hiding? What are we avoiding? And then can we lean into it? Can we run the experiment that if we, view with it even five percent more today than yesterday could it alleviate could it could it move right instead of um because otherwise these things do have a way of shaping our lives and our perspective our worldview our realities and um kind of gnawing at us and and you know bugging us until we really are able to like face them that whole face your fear feel your fear and do it anyways face your fears thing is a big piece to this um but one of my favorite resources to leave people with it's been a while um debbie ford was i think one of the trailblazers mm-hmm. in shadow work and uh she created the documentary called the shadow effect and she interviewed a bunch of just spiritual teachers on different um concepts around the shadow and it's kind of, it's just, it's cool. And she has, what is her book, Mom? Like the dark side of the light chasers or the light. Yeah. Yeah. She has many books, actually. There are yeah. Many books, so. Yeah. So she's really, um, she's not with us anymore, but she used to do like two to three day, like immersion shadow workshops. And I was like, someday I'm going to get brave enough and I'm going to go do that. <laughs> because facing <laughs> your shadow in a group is also like, holy crow, I have so much like awe and appreciation for people who do shadow work in front of other people, which happens in my equine coaching workshops. And, but like, if you think about AA and how that is just like fully owning shadow, because it's just, there's so much 
out there where people are doing this work and it's so brave. So if anyone's done shadow Mm -hmm. work, I acknowledge you for being brave. Thank you. Keep going. Share about the benefits with others so that people will do it Um, because we kind of all need to heal and realize we're not broken. We just have parts and pieces that can be integrated back into wholeness so that we're more powerful, loving beings. And that's really the goal. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, one of the things, one um, a connection with that I wanted to make was um, addictions are related to, it shows you kind of the power of the shadow when we get addicted. And it can be something as simple as being addict, addicted to playing games on the computer. Um, or, you know, it could be as, as serious as being addicted to drugs or alcohol, you know, and that's why the AA thing works, because it does bring people to a point of having to acknowledge that this is a problem. So, you know, if anything you you feel like you're addicted to in whatever level, look at it. Take a look because that might be another place that shows up one of your shadows for you. Yeah, and ultimately it helps to keep things in perspective that at the end of the day we all want to be loved and valued. We all want to feel safe. We all, the ego wants to be in control, which is the big illusion um, and joke. But ultimately, it's like we can help our nervous systems by doing lots of different things. Being in nature is a huge one, you know, and and grounding Mm -hmm. is another one. So we've talked about healing modalities on a different podcast. We've talked about the guides and guardians, spirit guides and guardians on a different podcast. So people can go back and listen to some of these too um, to support some of this. And yeah, I just encourage people to, to be brave because usually, yeah, I found having worked in addiction for a while, a lot of it stems to loneliness, which just stems to wanting to feel more loved. Um, mm-hmm. And, or if we feel unsafe and out of control and addiction is our way of gaining control. So then we look at how else can we, what else can we choose, you know, and what are the pattern interrupts that, and those of us who are breaking cycles of patterns that are ancestral, that, you know, it's like, this is big work we're doing on the planet right now. So I just want to give gratitude to everyone who is willing to even a listen to this and be, mm-hmm. you know, do the work, share the work, help others with the work, hold space for those who are doing shadow work. It is a huge, huge blessing and, and gift. So thank you to those who are doing this. Mm-hmm. I agree. Awesome. Any last comments, mom, as we wrap things up? Um, I think one of the most important things that I would want people to realize is that the shadow is not bad. (laughs) You know, the shadow is not evil, and it's not something outside of us. A lot of times, even when when you talk about, not you, but when it's being talked about, it's as though it exists elsewhere or something else, And but it isn't. It's just one aspect of you, Um, and I think that's the important thing for people to just remember that because we live in this duality, it's, you know, we've picked up things from our society, from our culture, as well as from our family, and we've learned to integrate them, um, sometimes not so good. And I think that's where the problem comes in. But if we can honor that and acknowledge it and recognize it, as you say, it all comes back to love if we both sending it and receiving it. And if we can just be aware of that, um, that that's what we're trying to do with the shadow. We're trying to bring it together with the other parts of our personality. And as you say, when it when it's when it happens, when it's done, it'll like okay, I'm done. Bye. <laughs> that won't show up for you again. Um, it is amazing how that does happen. 
So um, that's all. That's, you know, the last thing I think I wanted to share on that is just to honor, as you said it well, honor the work that's being done by everybody with this area, both in yourself and with others. Sure. I mean, it's really brave, courageous work. So I'm always in awe and just very appreciative of people who come and work with me and are willing to face it. And I always say, if you're willing to work with a horse, you're super brave because they'll just immediately call you out on the incongruencies <laughs> and they expose the shadow. I don't even know how they're always doing it. I think it's because their intention is wholeness, integration, and light that they they want us to see the stuff that's there and so like I've seen parts of my shadow and myself that I never knew existed until I got in front of a horse and especially a powerful female mare horse that's like yeah I see you and I know who you are and I'm going to show you right now and then you know we get to do this work and like it can be we can bring lightness and joy to it it doesn't have to be super heavy at times it can be but there's so much benefit to doing the work and going through it and the only way to the other side is truly through it, but there's so much like lightness and spaciousness and joy and like wholeness and vibrancy and higher frequency that's there once we do this work. That's why I love it. That's why I do it because there's so much benefit in it. And um, it also just feels like something I committed to do while I was here, you know, in this lifetime to work through stuff. And, um, and sometimes stuff, the more we do it, the faster and easier things can process through. But re- the reality is we're justified in a lot of our emotions. And if we hold on to them, we make our reality worse. We fight what is. And so when we can mm-hmm. come into acceptance, you know, what's that quote? Like, if you fight reality, you lose 100% of the time. And so it's like if we come into acceptance, it gets easier. So it's okay to feel angry. And then where, what do we do to like move that emotion through, right? And mm-hmm. um, and realize too, the grief and loss triggers other grief and loss. And so just to have a support system and to be your own support system is really important in the shadow work as mm-hmm. well. So Absolutely. thank you so much, mom. I appreciate all yeah, the stuff you put together on you. this. And I'm glad you were willing to dive in. This was definitely a topic I picked. So I'm glad you were willing to yeah, do it. No, no, it's great. No, it's really good. Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, hopefully this is helpful to everyone. You can check out metaphysicalcenter.org um, for more information on like handouts on all of our topics in the future when we have that ready and for when the different podcasts are coming up in the topics. Uh, and we'll, you know, we're usually doing this uh, the third Thursday of the month um, at 2 p.m. Mountain, 4 p.m. Eastern. And you can check out my website at katenelligan.com as well if you want some more information or you want to talk to me about this wonderful world of shadow. And we'll be sharing this, so feel free to also share it and also check out the other podcasts on the Divas at Care Network. So thanks so much for being here and for listening. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.